So last few months, Bill Gurley's been making this case that uh, the difference to a company's bottom line uh, by choosing a direct listing um, instead of an IPO, or sorry, the other way around, by choosing an IPO instead of a direct listing has cost uh, the, the, the companies $171 billion. Um, so I find that really fascinating that somebody that like a series of mistakes can constantly be made and it just takes one person to kind of point it out to us uh, to, to kind of change our thinking. So I just want to go into some of the, the quotes that Bill Gurley had in this podcast. And he says, he starts out with, with the famous Warren Buffett quote, which, which is actually another quote of somebody else. He says, if you've been playing poker for a half hour and you still don't know who the patsy is, you're the patsy. Uh, remember that point. He's going to get to that. He's going to call Silicon Valley and the, the company's IPOing patsies. The CFO of Spotify started in on this idea that the way we go pulling off an IPO was designed four centuries ago. That's pretty wild, if true. Um, it hasn't been updated for modern technologies. As a result, there's been $171 billion of underpricing. Silicon Valley has been the patsy. The companies are getting the short end of the stick. And he gives us an illustration of his point. He says it would be like selling your house uh, to a broker and then finding out the next day that the broker resold your house to someone else for 80% more. Why would you celebrate that? So he's talking about when you when a company sells to inst- quote-unquote institutional investors and then the next day they flip it and they make 80% or 40% or whatever the pop, the IPO pop is. Like why is that something that the press celebrates? That's just somebody came in with a little bit of money and made a lot of money in a short amount of time, but they didn't actually build the company or help it in any way. He says the reason that this mispricing can happen over and over again is because of a massive frequency mismatch. This is just a general rule in life. You want to avoid situations like this. So he says a founder does one IPO in their lifetime. The investment banks on the buy side are doing 20 to 40 a year. In game theory, they have this thing called flow. In games where one side has more experience than the other, the less experienced player has anxiety. If you are anxious, you are more likely to fall back on tradition because it's the safest bet. So that's his guess as to why companies continue to make this mistake, even though it's costing them money. And he also talks about more of the pageantry to it. So I'll get to that in a minute. I think that idea is really fascinating. Another crazy thing that happens is the company is told the ultimate goal is to, this is the investment banks telling the the founders, uh, is told the ultimate goal is to be 10 to 20 times oversubscribed. And so Bill Gurley just looks at that very plainly. He's like, well, that's a euphemism for we're about to ignore 95% of demand. With a traditional IPO, the decisions are all made by hand. Some human is going to guess what the share price should be and who should get the shares. So he says, that, you know, that's crazy. Like, why would we do that? Why wouldn't we match them? He says, in the last 12, 18 months, there's been $12 billion in mispricings. The deficit to the founders' pockets in just two companies, these two companies that just IPO'd, Elastic and Zoom, was $200 million. Bill favors direct listings instead of a traditional IPO. I think that's obvious by now. What should be happening is an algorithmic match. Line up supply, line up demand, and then you match the people. And he, uh, another reason this is happening is something of uh, understanding like how humans operate. He says, it goes back to the pageantry of an IPO. And the minute you are done and your stock is popping, they put you on a pedestal, ring bells, throw confetti, and tell you what a wonderful job you did. I think it is, to, it is all to make you feel good about something you shouldn't feel good about. One of the great things about a direct listing is it just simplifies so much of this stuff. Uh, direct listings mean there is there is no lockup, so you have more liquidity day one. It's also maybe um, like we have to always think about somebody's incentives and why they want something. I have to study more about direct listings, but this is also, it's not, 
it's the existing shareholders selling to the open market. That's what a direct listing is, from my understanding. I could be wrong about that. So this makes sense because in a lot of cases, when their company's IPO, Bill Gurley is one of those existing investors. And so if he does direct listing, there's, there means there's no lockup for him. Like they can liquidate right away if they want to, or they can hold it. And then I'll quote quotes on this. This, this is hilarious. Um, I, I, and if, if you don't know who Mike Moritz is, I read his book and I did a founder's podcast on it. It's called uh, The Return of the Little Kingdom. He did one of the best books about the early history of Apple. Maybe the only book about the early history of Apple. So if you're actually interested in learning more about, let's say, the first like five years of Apple and that's it, which I found fascinating, read his book. It's fascinating. But um, anyways, he, he went on to become a, a wildly successful investor after being a journalist and author. And he says, uh, Sikor's Mike Moritz said that the thing that separates companies from doing direct listings are intelligence and courage. I think you need both. I don't dismiss how hard that might be.